How we doing, everybody? Welcome to the yet-to-be-named podcast, I guess, uh, for the ECFL. We're still looking for a name. Are we taking submissions, boys? What are we doing here? Yeah, sure, we got a good idea. We're open to whatever. The Mondays, or what'd you say, Ace? Those Monday people or something? Those Monday guys, the dudes on Monday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we could do, like, winging it. <laughs> that's what we're doing like a little picture of uh buffalo wings and call it winging it or something hey w- winging it's how we get by i think <laughs> it seems like kind of appropriate for the way we're approaching it right now <laughs> <laughs> right well i'm bc prodigy 25 ben carlson is my player name joined today by smooth grizzy and ace how we doing boys aloha boys well, it's it was a busy week, boys. I don't know. I don't know about you, but those Dude, surprise signing days were fine. out there. You know, we kind of expected it. the 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 date that was scheduled was pretty far off, and so we expected this to kind of be a show where we could talk about maybe the way things were shaping up. But uh, we got a a big surprise, and that that um, commitment day was pushed forward and now we got a lot of information these teams have really shaped up so it's really starting to take picture and it's pretty exciting to see this thing finally getting off the ground and we're really close to to having some games here all right i mean i know we we had talked right after transfers were able to commit and uh about okay well we're gonna have transfer commitments to talk about and then all of a sudden here we go. Everyone can commit for a day. So that kind of threw everything out the window of what we were originally going to talk about. So we are literally winging it. It's all good. I mean, um, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, you, when you start putting together some of these teams and you got these lists in front of you, I mean, um, I'm really excited. Here's a here's an opportunity for someone that's creative to put together some content, but start looking at these lists and and uh, let's start look getting some really early Vegas odds on who the championship, the champions are going to be uh, at the at the end of this first season. We could start getting some some odds makers out there. Exactly. I mean, you you got a lot of teams who are pretty well set that are missing maybe a couple pieces here and there that are looking to fill as we go throughout. But most of the, uh, there's a chunk of these teams that are pretty well set, so you know who you're going to get coming in and. It's just kind of waiting to see who, what the schedule looks like after week one to kind of get a good picture of who's going to be a strong team, who's going to have a hard uh, schedule going forward. So it's interesting to watch for sure. Totally agree. I mean, so you want to kind of get into it. We've got, we've got a couple potential topics we're going to talk about here, but um, I mean, let's just dive right in. What do you say? And is there is there a team, either of you guys, that just jumps right out at you like, okay, this team is legit already. This is a, a favorite to win it. Chris, uh, you want to go first? Uh, there's, you know, there's so much talent already in this league, you know, for just for how it came about, you know, with the transfers and the recruits. It's very interesting. I think if you look at the sheet that we, uh, we have that access to, um, you got to think Cascade State's looking really good overall wise. Um, but then you got to think they're going to add, you know, what you think to be like four or five uh, 85s and 80s. So that might bring their average down if you're just looking for a team with a nice average. Bonetown A&M's looking strong as well. 
Panama State's looking up there. I mean, there's some, you know, South Alabama. There's some good-looking teams, man, and uh, it's kind of a cop-out, but uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just so early to tell. And I don't, I've been, you know, season six was the last time I saw any of this football stuff. So I'm just kind of along for the ride. It's going to be super interesting to watch. What are you guys thinking about it? Well, I'm going to throw some comments out on the teams that you mentioned. Cascade, yes, they look very strong right now. But if I if I have to pick on them about something, that uh, they do have a high average overall, but they don't have as many players rostered up as, say, the Bone Town that you mentioned. So, yeah, um, the way we're looking at it, they have a 95.8 average overall. But that's that's for about 11 I'm yeah, that's, here. 11 that's what I'm saying. So, we're we're about out of uh, transfers, so you got to right. think that those 85 or 80 recruits coming in bring down their right. average a little bit. Right, but then when you look at a bone town, and and I have to laugh. No, you know, most gullible guys were fooled by their little delay tactic on all of their commitments. So if you weren't paying attention to chat. You know, everyone's committing and everyone's like, oh, my goodness, Bone Town hasn't committed yet. They don't have any commits. And, yeah, all of you guys that thought that were a bunch of gullible guys because here they are planning for everyone to commit all at the same time. And they gathered up and all of a sudden, um, you know, they had about 15, 16 commits all come in at the same time. And, and they are very – they look very strong top to bottom. In fact, it looks like they have maybe one spot left to fill at the – according to the list we're looking at. So Bone Town looks really strong. Panama, yes, they're going to be good. Um, maybe slightly lower overall, but that's, you know, everyone's going to have a strong team. And, and this is kind of what I was thinking as I was looking at this is everyone's going to have a, an elite quarterback. Everyone's going to have a wide receiver. But how you fill in those, those depth positions and the way you coach these guys up, that's going to make the difference. I'm looking at a team like Chattanooga, who top to bottom looks very strong. And, you know, we can look at coaching and we know they're going to be strong there. I'm looking at a team like um, uh, Maui State or Cascade, who we already mentioned. These guys have playoff recent playoff experience, so we know they're going to be strong. Um, and another one that we haven't mentioned yet that I really like that's standing out to me is South Alabama, who's got a strong, strong coaching background and their roster is pretty much almost full. So we got 17 out of 18 positions filled and they're at a 91.6. So I'm really liking the way South Alabama shaped up. You know, I was waiting for one of you. I was going to I was going to lean on you guys a little bit if you didn't mention Chattanooga, you know. That's where I ended up committing, and you know, you look at teams like Bone Town; they match up real well. They're up there overall, but I look at Bone Town, Chattanooga, especially. Are looks like they spread the wealth out a little bit, really well. It they filled the needs that they needed to fill, but it isn't all the flashy ninety nines. It's not the maxed out players. You're gonna have good battles with those teams who are using the depth, trying to find quality and depth as well. Cascade's got a lot of holes to fill. That's the one thing that I look at with their roster is mm-hmm. that total overall is going to come down because they got a lot of holes to fill. But I look at Maui State too. Uh, Ozark Valley is one that I've kept a really close eye on. 
I think they could be very good depending on how they fill their holes. Yeah. And the other thing I think is important to fill out is, you know, you look at a team like, um, like Ozark Valley, maybe Frontier, maybe uh, uh, Atlantic Tech, and you're like, okay, these, these teams got – or Desert State, uh, actually. These teams got some holes to fill, but we can't discount these new recruits that are coming in, um, such as our buddy Grizz right here. You're a new recruit, right? I am, yeah. Right? So you got these – these are solid guys that are coming in fresh. So, you know, wherever hungry. these guys, right. They're hungry, <laughs> wherever they, wherever they may land um, that first season, maybe you're not as competitive, but second and third season, as they're developing, these teams are going to be very, very strong. So um, I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be very, very competitive and just come down to, to depth. And, and really what kind of coaching skills we got and, and game planning skills we got. Well, exactly, Ace. I mean, you guys mentioned it last week how early this is all going to be about relationships and what players know what coaches, and you're going to lean that way. Um, but right now you're getting to the new players, and obviously you're not seeing as much of, I'm waiting for an offer. I haven't heard anybody in league chat anymore because mm-hmm. you're getting these new recruits that are coming in. Now you really find out who's a solid recruiter who's able to really pitch their school well, because you can't go off of a winning pedigree anymore with this league. It's mm-hmm. all new. So you're finding out who's going to be the guy to bring in these younger guys who are hungry, are are unknown a little bit, and how are they going to perform once they get into this team. So it's going to be really interesting to now to see who ends up where, how these teams are going to come together, who's going to be the dynamic duo of the new recruits coming in of, Hey, you get two wide receivers or you get two linebackers or a pair of corners who are new recruits who just become beasts and you pair them with their number one and number two every game. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the new recruits kind of take this. Yeah. You guys nailed it too. You got these kids coming in, uh, these, these new recruits and you really don't know what you're getting. You know, you could, you could, unfortunately you might get a ghost, or like you said, you could get someone, maybe their buddy, and they both buy in, they both pack up, and they get plugged into the right system, and they're having like a award-type season. So you just really don't know what you're going to get at this point of recruiting, and that's that's probably what makes it so exciting. Yeah, exactly. And then, and again, I can't, I can't stress coaching enough. I'm going to point out um, Assured Fame. And he, this last season... Um, he was a defensive coordinator and he's, and I got to spend a, a, this partial season before everything blew up in the other league. Um, but I got to spend a partial season with him as the AD and he's a little bit less energetic on recruiting, but he makes up for it with some pretty amazing game plans. And I got to believe that he's going to have that team firing on all cylinders. So you can look for, for, uh, Palm Beach to do some do some damage there in their conference and they're going to be a player too. Um, they got a few spots to fill, but keep an eye on Palm Beach. And while we're uh, peeping these rosters, I know Ace, you were kind of wanting to dive into maybe an East versus West. Uh, which one's looking a little tougher so far? Yeah, what do you think? Man, I mean, if you line them up top to bottom, you know, I feel like 
Maybe the bottom of the east is a little stronger, but I think uh, I like the top of the west so far. It's looking really nice. Like we already hit on some of them: Ozark Valley, South Alabama, Maui State, uh, and Cascade State, and then Amelia Earhart. Their uh, overalls are super high. And then Central Texas, I really liked what they did in recruiting. They're already up to 14 guys, and and they brought in a real energetic uh, Anthony Delano, who I think's already moved up to assistant head coach. So, and then I I heard uh, great things about Desert State's coach. I don't really know about uh, Frontiers coach that much, but um, man, that uh that West is looking pretty nice. Yeah, Delano's a freak, dude. He's he puts out great stuff too, and. Dude's gonna be a baller this league. I can I can tell you that much. But I I tend to agree with you. There is it's it's looking very balanced though. I don't think you can give a real edge to either side right now because you have the standouts in both league or both sides. So it's hard for me really to pick a fa- uh, heavy favorite as far as East versus West right now. Yeah, and when we're, when we're talking about overall difference, we're talking like one point of overall difference. So maybe one player has like, you have two 91s instead of two 90s. You know what I mean? So it's like, we're splitting hairs here. Yeah. It's it's so exciting to look at this. I mean, I'm just looking, again, east to west. And, you know, on the east side, you're going to have, if I had to guess right now, I would say uh, top four Top four teams in the East going to be Bone Town, Chattanooga, Palm Beach, and Panama State. That's going to be my guess right now, and I'll stick my neck out there and say that you, those four are going to be fighting. And then uh, in the West, I would say Amelia Earhart, Cascade, um, Maui, and South Alabama going to be the top four on that side for this first season. Um, I think some of the others are probably more positioned for longevity, but, but those, those eight teams, I think are going to make up a nasty battle for the top. Um, and, and again, I, I like, um, prodigy said, I think it's pretty, pretty balanced. So I don't think you could say one is stronger than the other. It's going to be a dogfight on both sides and uh, a lot of fun to watch The I think the point to be made for that is no one's running away with this. So every single game from day one is going to matter. So uh, everybody better get hyped up from day one and and ready to play because um, game one might be the difference between making the playoffs and not. Exactly. I mean, and you look at this, you you do have some, like you said, A's that are built for longevity. I look at Ozark Valley, who has a lot of freshmen and three sophomores. You definitely look like they're built for longevity. But they look like they could be a shocker in this as well and could come up from a lesser-known position and end up running away with a top spot. Atlanta Tech's the other one on the other side that I look at going. They're built for longevity, but they got one heck of a quarterback in Dylan Tate, and it'll be interesting to see what how they continue to build this team around him, and they could be another shocker for this league. Totally agree, yeah. Um, I agree with your list, Ace. The only thing I might flip, and again, it's just splitting hairs, but based off what I've heard of Doma, is I might switch uh, Ozark Valley with Amelia Earhart. I just heard like Doma's like the goat or something. But I don't know for myself. You know, I, I couldn't even... 
I couldn't even argue one way or the other. That's it could be very true. I mean, uh, yeah, that's what... nine, 99 overall Django Riggs at HB um, at halfback, you know, he's going to be a beast, um, which is another great talking point really is, are, do we, are we looking, uh, thinking that offense is stronger than defense here? Because it really seemed to me um, watching recruiting, like a, a lot of teams leaned heavier on, on developing their offense first um, rather than their defense, which I guess it's a, it's a, a coaching and game planning decision. I'm a defense wins champions type type guy myself but um what do you guys think in there uh, i mean it's pretty balanced i thought uh you kind of just got who you got or again going back to those relationships your friends that you can get and their friends type thing uh it was like you know just score what you can and obviously i think uh, everyone balanced the uh, offense and defense as much as they could it was a it was a basically just a spoil of riches here this first period of recruiting you had a lot of really talented guys who were transferring in and then a lot of really talented guys who may have only gotten a couple games in the other league um and have created a new recruit for this league um so you had a lot of guys who it was what you said it was it's it's relationships it's who you had contact with previously and i think Grace, I think you're right. People balance it out well. There's definitely some teams who were heavier offense or heavier defense. It'll be interesting to see how they build with these new recruits to kind of counteract that and build that balanced team. But I think everyone did really well for themselves in balancing it out. And just just going to go back quick. Just another surprise one is I don't think I think people might be sleeping on Central Texas a little bit. Is I think they've secretly built a very solid team. Another one that's built for longevity, but could instant impact be a threat in the, in the league. Yeah, they, they do have a lot of freshmen, so they, they keep that, that room together and they're really going to turn into something. And I like those, the four coaches they have, man, those, those guys are going to grind. I know, uh, base scout Delano, C web and, uh, knocking. They're all going to, they're going to put in the work and get those Sims right. So like you said, Central Texas is a team to watch. Absolutely. And, and by throwing teams out there, really, I just want to get guys fired up and, and uh, really upset, you know, stir the pot a little bit in chat. So, so if you think I'm an idiot for the teams that I picked, tell me in chat, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm just trying to mix it up out here. You know, there's no, there's no bad publicity. If you're talking about us, then we did our job. Well, that's a great uh, segue into uh, picking some early award candidates and really stirring the pot. <laughs> Let's do it. Ace, you want to take it first? I mean, what do we talk about? Which award? I'll, I'm I, happy to stick my neck out there. I don't really know the awards, but I was just going to say in that channel, uh, like an offense player of the year, defense player of the year type prediction. I think those are the easiest to make predictions of right now. but. Maybe a freshman of the year or something. Exactly. At the same time, they're also the hardest ones because you stick your neck out and then potential player doesn't perform and then you're hearing about it in league chat. But well, hey, I, just like you, Ace, I'm all here. I'm here for the heat. If I, if you think we're wrong, let us know. But if you don't perform, we're going to let you know too. That's right. 
we we will be happy. You know, everyone wants to hear their name spoken, especially, you know, on a broadcast, on a podcast, whatever. You want to hear your player's name. You want to hear your team's name. And I think we've pretty much said every team's name. So now we're getting down to players. So I'm going to say this. Defensive player of the year, I would bet a large sum of money on it. Um, Michael Kruger, defensive end for Cascade State right now. If I had to bet, that's the one that I'm happy to throw that out there and very, very confident that at the end of the year, we're going to go, yep, Michael Kruger is a boss. I'm going to go a little different way on that. Uh, my thoughts on uh, offensive player of the year is you want to be surrounded with that cast. You know, you want to have a good supporting cast so they can't focus on you. Defense player of the year, I think uh, you you kind of want to, you know, outshine your, your teammates around you a little bit. So I was kind of looking at uh, just a quick glance here, and I've never even seen these players play, uh, but defensive end, Mo Sacks for Atlanta Tech. Um, he's a sophomore. He's looking really good on a, on a really young defense, you know, looks like a pretty young defense over there. And then another guy I was looking at was, uh, Brock Hoskins, uh, the stud freshman for Ozark Valley. Um, he, he does have Michael Lott and Lacey Woodson near him, but that's, that's it on the defense that I saw so far. So I, I was keeping my eye on those two guys. If I had to pick one, I, I guess I'll go with most, most sacks. Cause that name is pretty awesome. I mean, you got to love the name, right? <laughs> Definitely. I'm, I'm going to go secondary, the second level of the defense for me. And it's not just because I've gone after him a couple times in league chat. Uh, but it's all in good fun. We know each other pretty well. But Cletus Snow from the Armada, I think I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with there. And I'm obviously not looking forward to catching a ball in open field and having to go up against him as a tight end. Uh, but the other one I'm looking at is uh, Atticus Steele out of Cascade State. So that linebacker, just I'm I'm huge on that secondary level, showing out as a corner safety or a linebacker how much of an impact you can make. Because obviously the the flashy picks are going to be your defensive ends. They're going to get in and hit the quarterback. But at the end of the day, how are you able to break up a pass play or make an interception that potentially changes the game? For me, is really where I look at for a defensive player of the year. I like it. Now I will say one thing, and this has bothered me as, as a cornerback has really bothered me over the last several seasons is uh, a, a lot of people want to judge cornerbacks based off of stats. But my argument is going to be that the best cornerbacks are not going to have any stats because quarterbacks don't even look at their side of the field. So if you have a truly dominant defensive back, he's not going to have very good stats because he's not even going to get tested. So, you know, just because a guy has a bunch of interceptions means he was getting tested a lot and uh, just made the right plays, which is great. But the truly elite are so dominant that they put the fear of God in the quarterback so that he's not even going to look their way. That wide receiver just cross him. He's not even in the game. He's, He's a, a just a dead man, lame duck out there on the field. So, are you talking this, about X Pac right now? I, I mean, it could be the future <laughs> of X Pac, or it could no, be the you know, will not be X Pac. X Pac will be the guy. Hopefully, he gets some picks because he's also going to get attacked and cooked. So we'll see well, how shake. And that's what I've always appreciated. I mean, I'm just going to toot my own horn. My dude is a boss in man coverage, and he gets. You know, I could count on one hand the number of targets that he gets per game. 
if any. So, you know, I always tell the whoever's on the opposite side of me, hey, you get ready to do some work because you're going to get some some balls thrown your way while I'm out here just one on one against this this other guy out here. But hey, um, And I'll, I'll on the other side of the ball here, I've seen a lot of DBs come at me when I'm going out there tooting my horn and saying, we're never going to cover you. But you look at you look at the impact tight ends and just say NFL, you look at Travis Kelsey you got to put a DB on them. Otherwise they're right. going to burn your linebacker. So I, there's some DBs out there in this league that are talking big, thinking they're not going to face me and they're going to end up on their backs. Right. I'll tell you another one to watch that um, we saw. He, he talked a bunch of smack, but he was able to back it up over a short period of games. This Falcon bird on Atlanta tech. This, this guy was a baller. And he's going to do some things in this league for Atlanta Tech. He's he's in here. I think he got put in as a tight end. I think he played wide receiver on the other side, but just a big, big target for the quarterback. And he's going to get some good stats. Love the tight end, love Ace. I love it. It's worth... so were this were those your sneaky picks for offensive players? Ooh, was, was that, that your you sneaky to... pick, Ace? I got a different pick myself for offensive player. You know, I'm not sure that I would put anybody other than a quarterback as the offensive player of the year, though. I'd, you know, tight ends, I think they're game changers. Wide receivers, yeah, you, you got to catch the passes. But to me, the, the only offensive player of a year can come from the quarterback position. And that's what I alluded to earlier. I really like the cast uh, surrounding Cody Griffin and the hype surrounding Cody Griffin. So uh, I think he would be my pick for offensive player of the year at this point. I tend to agree. It's it's a quarterback driven award, and obviously you look at Thrasher Baines over at Maui. Dude's a dog. He's a bad man. But you also got in. I think probably in everyone's circle is probably the favorite right now for offensive player of the year. But I'm gonna go back to Atlanta and just say Dylan Tate is another one I'm watching right now. And then even a running back. You look at you look at Django Riggs from. Uh, Ozark that could potentially shock everybody and say, "Hey, quarterbacks are great, but if you have a game-changing back that takes over, you got to give him the award." And this is kind of the hard thing to to determine right now because we don't know playbooks and and we don't really know what kind of game plan or game style each of these coaches are going to put in place until after we see the first season. So, you know, are you going to come out? with a guy with a, an elite running back. Who do we mention earlier? Um, Django Riggs with Ozark Valley. You know, if you have a guy like that, you, you got to go run heavy, right? So, um, of course, that opens up some great passing lanes. But if you have a, a, a team that's going to commit to the spread offense and just be slinging the ball around like crazy, um, they're going to do some big things and put up some great numbers. So, you know, after the after the first week, we'll really understand what kind of um, offensive play styles are going to be put in place, and we'll have a better idea there. Well, you look at another one that's potentially a game-changing back is Casey Bronco over at Amelia. Is th- those two are just immediately eye catchers. Nick Edwards with Maui State too. It's it's not just the attribute; it's they've proven it. So, be interesting to see how each of these teams kind of. You do exactly what you said, Ace. Is 
are you going to game plan for a run heavy or with Maui's uh, example, are you going to have to go balance because you got weapons at the wide receiver position too. So how are you going to get Thrasher Baines involved? Cause you know, he's going to want to be slinging the ball around and actually wanting to run option a couple times too. So how are you going to balance those, those weapons out? Right. Great points. You know, one more one more talking point while we're on this. I know we're we're getting close to our our, our time here, but um, Grizz kind of mentioned it with Mo Sacks. But do you have a favorite player in the league simply because of his name? No other no other reason, but simply because of his name. Who would you pick as your favorite player? I'm gonna go, and this one's a, this one is one that I I think could be. Uh, shock for f- incoming freshmen. Uh, halfback out of Central Texas, Spider Web. That just sounds like a weapon to me. Sounds like the kind of guy who's going to eat you up in the run game and will make you pay in a screen screen pass and will bust it upfield for 20, 30 yards. Yeah, I like that one. It always gets gets me a good chuckle there and, and actually uh, makes me think of that picture that someone posted in chat the other day of of some spider that was on their wall, um, which was pretty frightening uh, if that was a real picture, but I forgot who that was. How about you, Grizz? Favorite player because of the name? Other than most, which you already mentioned? You know, that X-Pac name is really stupid. <laughs> um, you can't pick your own guy. <laughs> I said it's stupid. I said it's stupid. I really like Spiderweb because I know him as C-Web. That's a great one. Um, I've always liked Digger Graves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that one was cool. I haven't even seen all the names I'm looking right now. Uh, I'll throw one out simply because I want to know the story behind it, but it just it just is so off the wall is cornerback with Tennessee A&M year-old pistachios. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. I don't even understand it. And are pistachios good or bad after they're a year old? I don't know. I I mean, yeah, definitely you're going to need to hear the base of that one. I mean, the, the other one that I look at, and this is just me hyping up a teammate, but the Ronin, linebacker from Chattanooga, is that not an opposing name? Yeah. How about Robin Hood from East Towson, wide receiver? <laughs> That's another good one. Oh, I'm liking Tank Jones, the defensive lineman from Desert State. I always think Tank's a good name for a D lineman. Yeah, I like that one. Tank Jones. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what's your guess? Obviously, we don't know, or I don't know, on the uh, on the playbook draft. Do you think it's a snake draft? You get to pick two books. They have to be in the same family type thing, or what? I ha- man, I've never been involved in anything like that, so I don't even have a clue how they operate that. We might yeah, have I... to have a we might have to have a admin spotlight, you know, a little guest appearance from from somebody one of these days here and uh that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta I get could... Pawn to agree to kind of explain this because I've never experienced it either. I mean, I think at some point you gotta have I think I like the two book system just to have that backup potentially expanding that a little bit more and adding a couple other playbooks just to keep it fresh, maybe a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how these teams attack the playbook draft. 
two, uh, the I don't know if it's an issue though if you get past two because the guys that like to run sims during the season and stuff, I don't know if they would know what they're looking for or if that would affect them or what. But I always thought two was exciting. Always wanted to see a live draft, so that'll be cool if they can get all the coaches or like a representative and do it live on Twitch, like it says in the schedule. That'd be cool. Also, a lottery, maybe like the week before or something or right before the draft, where we like pull out ping pong balls and you know that's that's how you determine the order for the first season. I think would be pretty cool. I I love that idea. Here we are coming up with brainstorming for the league, man. I wouldn't mind seeing a seeing a three playbook system, and the third playbook is your throw is your playbook that you go to if you just you're not winning with this book you need to change it so you like lose that. the playbook for the year you can't pick it and you get that third playbook that you okay. can't touch until you break the card and say you know it's it's time to do something different so you got that third playbook just in the glass behind you breaking case of emergency and then you got to throw away a book yeah i'm with that i'm with that how about if you if you have to throw away the book though you have to fire that coordinator with it oh, oh no <laughs> ace plays for keeps there you go <laughs> if the playbook don't work you gotta fire the coach that selected it right no i'm firing hey, the playbook I mean, <laughs> i'm blaming all in the book oh yeah of course you will or the settings or <laughs> the players i have to use it everybody Every, before me <laughs> everybody but the but the coach that picked it yeah. well let's wrap let's wrap this up with one more we i know we got one more topic of what rivalries are you excited for? Oh, I mean, man. We're all, all going to pick our own, but I, I'm going to throw mine out there first. I mean, it, does it get better than the Stern Bowl? And it, Dude, helps that's... That I'm, it helps that I'm on Maui State with Ted, so I'm I'm Team Ted here, and we're going to take Will and his little kitty cats out. Ooh. I'm not even in that one, and I, I got that one circled for sure. That is much mm-hmm. must-watch TV every time the Stern Bowl comes up. And and I'm gonna just throw out one more shot, and then I'll be quiet and let you guys go. But Deontay Dawkins, if he's not, you know, bringing his A game, Uh-oh. I'm gonna show I'm gonna show him that uh, the, the better DB in, is on Maui State, not on Cascade State. So Deontay Dawkins, I'm calling you out. I don't know if this one's a rivalry, but if it isn't, it should be. Uh, let me get Palm Beach and Pan- Panama State. I, I love the coaches on both sides. Jeff Mel, B Mills for one side, and uh, assured fame, like you said, on the other side. Great guy. All those guys know what they're doing. Good coaches, good people. So, and two really good teams with two like solid uh, uniforms, and the fields are looking good. So I'm super hyped for that one. Yeah, I got the list in front of me. That one, Palm Beach and Panama is the battle of sea and air. I'm excited for that one. Obviously, being on Chattanooga, I'm looking forward to that week one matchup between Bone Town for the tracks versus Axe. Going to be a little sad to get it out of the way week one. It's going to be nice to have that trophy in Chattanooga's trophy case for the rest of the season because there's no way Bone Town's winning. But the other one I'm looking at is... Amelia Earhart versus Ozark Valley, the Heartland Hoedown. That's going to be a fun one. You don't you don't have teams who are sharing a state much in this league right now. So this is the battle of who controls that state this year. So it'll be very interesting to see who wins that inaugural one. Sounds like lots of fun. I, I can't wait for all of these games. I'm pretty excited about all of these and looking forward to see how it plays out. And 
and really just want to say great work to all the guys working behind the scenes. There's a lot of hard work going into this and bringing this all together. So congrats on, on all the progress so far. And thank you very much for all your hard work. You guys are doing a great job. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to mention any names because I'll leave someone out, but all of you working on the, in the background on this really good job. Congratulations on what you've done so far. I could not agree more. I mean, you, you look at this, just, just how much work's being put in behind the scenes. Would we have the early signing or early recruitment uh, commitment period without all the hard work, or will we still be waiting for a couple of weeks down the line to make our commitments and start to put these teams together? So you're looking at how much work behind the scenes has potentially elevated the timeline of this league. So kudos to everyone who's doing that work behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, to shout out one person, I don't know if Arctic's just straight ripping Red Bulls or what, but my <laughs> goodness, uh, the work, dude, I, I've done a little bit of modding, not like on his level, and it's terrible, and it takes a long time, and he is just pumping it out, and it's solid, so we really appreciate that. The league's loving it. I truly believe that man just does not sleep. Yeah, I believe it. Well, anyone else have anything else to say before we wrap this one up? This has been a lot of fun, and, and I know we said we're winging it, but I thought it flowed really good, so I'm looking forward to this. We'll, we'll try to do this once a week, and, and I just want to throw it out there, too. Any feedback you guys want to hear, if there's any segments you want or you want to highlight something, shoot a message out. Ace, uh, Prodigy, or, or uh, uh, Smooth Grizzly, any of us, and we'll try to get your, your stuff included and um, make this kind of an interactive show. So we want to hear from you guys. Reed, Grizz, I don't know about you, but I think whoever, Ace, who'd you call out on Cascade again? I think he should be our next guest next week. Oh, uh, we I, we can we don't get need him, to have him in here. <laughs> we don't need to have him in here, but no, that'd be fun. Deontay Dawkins is uh, Nick Larson. So, you know, we got, we got an old, we'll call it an old rivalry here, but uh, lots of fun there. It's all in good fun. Well, Grizz, you got anything else to say before we wrap this up? Uh, for calling out people, Shane Vendrell sucks. Oh, ooh, that's hey. my teammate, Grizz. Come on now. <laughs> I think that's the right guy. I think that's J-Mo. So, J-Mo, you suck. It, it is the right guy, and I'm glad to see he finally got picked up by a team. It was kind of a pity thing in Chattanooga. Dude, you know, we was, sold him. How, hey. how good do we sell him? Don't yeah. worry, don't worry, boys. I gave him crap in the Visit channel going, hey, looks like you got interest picked up after that podcast, huh? So, he, he got, he heard it. He heard it. Nice, nice. <laughs> Very good. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. So, obviously, thank you guys for listening. Ace and Grizz, thanks for joining me in my first podcast experience for the league. I'm really enjoying it. Ace, I agree with you. I think it's this is going to be fun. Yep, absolutely. All right. Aloha to the ECFL. Send us 